hey, welcome to Pro Football Ireland. Uh, it is, well, we're getting closer to the NFL draft. We're, we're, we're rolling through this NFL offseason. I'm just delighted to be joined by Michaela Fagan. Again, Michaela, first off, how's the form? It's been a little while. Uh, we're trying to relax a bit in this offseason while still taking note of everything that's going on. Um, how, how are you doing? How's the form? I'm good. I miss the football, obviously, the American football. But, you know, Liverpool beating Man United 7-0 was kind of a nice consolation prize. At least some interesting news is starting to come out about the NFL world, you know, players getting cut, uh, franchise tag and stuff like that. So at least it's starting back up a little bit, you know, keeping us entertained until the draft, at least. Yeah, you, you may be hearing this around Paddy's there, so folks, when when you're listening to this. But yes, Michaela, I really appreciate that money that reference. Thank, thanks very much. Really, really appreciate that. Uh, I made a joke online about it being like a touchdown or something, basically. So that's as far as I'll go. Um, yeah. So here I, I have I have to give it to you. Like we were, we were talking about doing different topics and talking about doing different avenues to discuss over the next few weeks before the draft happens. And uh, I'm really intrigued to discuss some of these ones. I didn't give too much away when I was chatting to you, but the topic that we're going to look at in this podcast is um, which players in the league or some that we've identified that are on the hot seats. Um, I agree with the vast majority of these. So I am interested to hear what uh, I guess your thoughts are, Michaela. Uh, do you want to start off with the first one? If, if if you want to tell us why you think he's in the hot seat and sort of just, I guess, your, your thoughts on how he performed over the last season and, and your thoughts going forward. Okay, let me have a look at our list. So the first guy on our list is good L. Debo Samuel. Am I right in saying that? Yeah. Okay, so... I have a lot of thoughts on Devo because obviously he had this kind of, he didn't want to be utilized as a running back, you know, which is fair enough. He's a wide receiver, you know, use him as a wide receiver, but he obviously gave that little bit, bit of, you know, a bit more depth, a bit more surprise, you know, with the San Francisco offense and they could utilize him as a running back. And, you know, he, he was getting his, his, you know, I'm sure if people had him in fantasy, he was getting you a good amount of points. You know, he was, he's getting some, he was getting a lot of yards. He was getting touchdowns. And then, you know, kind of there was a little bit in the off season and one of the off seasons where he was like, I, you know, I want a contract. I want to be extended. I want to get paid, which is, you know, fair enough. And not a lot of people last in the league. Um, so, you know, San Francisco paid them. They, what did they give him? They gave him a three year, $71 million deal, which is a good chunk of change. And then he just kind of. To me, he fell off this year. Now, I, I'll admit that I don't watch the 49ers a lot, but if you were to like solely look on his stats, he definitely he had less targets um, last season and he only had 633 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. Like paying a guy 71 million for three years and he's coming out with those kind of numbers is just... For me, he's on the hot seat, you know, I, I and I definitely I don't think it's all Debo's fault. I definitely think McCaffrey was a big reason for, you know, in his in his little bit of a I'm not going to say a downfall, but just kind of like a not good enough year for the money he's been on. You know, San Francisco wanted to u- utilize McCaffrey. You know, McCaffrey is he's one of the best running backs in the game when he's fit and he, he, he works as a receiver as well. We all know that he had that thousand receiving yard, thousand rushing yard season at Carolina, but, and then obviously with, when they had to bring in Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, you know, 
they obviously relied even more on the run game because, you know, Brock wasn't a big name. You know, he was a rookie. He he was the last pick in the draft. You know, we didn't expect a lot of out, out of him. And, you know, he, he proves us all wrong in a sense. But if I'm a for, if I'm the 49ers front office, I'm kind of looking at Debo and I'm kind of like, okay, this guy has to ball out as a receiver this year. He needs to be getting a thousand. Now I know that's hard to say because they might rely on the run game. They they have McCaffrey. Why change up something that's been working? But you know, there's no point. To, they're gonna have to pay probably if they keep McCaffrey and they want to keep him around long term, they're gonna have to pay him or extend him as well. So to me, it's kind of like Debo has to at least get a thousand yards this season and offer something else along with the run game. So these other teams don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to run? Are they going to throw the ball? No matter what they do, we're kind of snookered because they have a great receiver. They have a great running back. But if Debo comes out this year and he doesn't get those numbers up and he doesn't, you know, make a bigger impact, then I think the 49ers could look at him and be like, okay, well, we can ship him out for a draft pick or they might cut him to save some cap room. That's just what I think about it. I mean, I'm interested to see what you think about it. That's an interesting conversation. I, I I know there's Niners fans that listen to this podcast, so a big shout out to, to, to just the users that are listening. Um, we're we're recording this in terms of the NFC West scope after Geno Smith has signed his extension or his new deal with the Seahawks, $105 million. I feel that's a conversation to be had on a on a different podcast for a start. But um you look at the scope of the NFC West in general and, and you look at where the Seahawks are, they're still for me way behind the Niners. I think yeah, I think in terms of Debo, like you can look at his stats and and you can look at the twenty twenty one season where he had a breakout year and it was an incredible season. But um, he is that hyper threat at both running back and wide receiver. But when you do bring in CMC and you bring in McCaffrey and he's just that good, he's the best player in my opinion in the league outside of a quarterback. Uh, he's miles ahead of everybody else. So I think you're always going to see that relative reduction in his. In, in in Debo Samuel's performance because of that. Um, I guess the thing that the Niners got lucky with, and not lucky, thank God it did happen for them, was that McCaffrey wasn't injured uh, for a long period of the season where in, in previous years he hasn't stood up very well to injuries. And I think as you know, general fans of the game or anyone that is an analyst in the game, they'll be very happy to see that. And please God that happens going forward as well because it makes the game more exciting but for for me like there were issues this year with Debo and his fitness and it wasn't just him it was guys like Elijah Mitchell as well the Niners obviously with their quarterback situation have had injury issues this year Um, it's interesting because if he signed a three-year deal he's got two years left in his contract he is going into an interesting year this year where okay if he doesn't bring up that performance or doesn't bring it around to where um, it was in 2021 Fair enough. Like you know, you, you could argue that he's on the hot seat. I I I get that. I think you know you 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 could find uh in the twenty twenty four NFL draft the Niners or John Lynch could go after like a hybrid running back wide receiver or even just go after a wide receiver if you if you can rely on your running game with McCaffrey and with your backups, you could potentially look at trading away, um or getting rid of Debo at the end of next season. I think Debo offers sheer athleticism and a real difference to this team going forward though so I think if you take away 2021 and look at his average base when he does play and obviously 2021's a ceiling I think there's still there's still a serious scope for the Niners like I mean the Niners went the Niners were a game away from the Super Bowl all granted they got blown out against Philly but their quarterback wasn't fit in the game they couldn't really do much so and and look Philly's defense was superb in that game but you know the Niners 
we're playing super football all season on both sides of the ball. So I'm obviously excited to see what they can do this season. I can see the viewpoint of him being on the hot seat completely. I I just feel like he's a relatively, you know, essential piece to have in that Niners team. So I, I can see him getting the deal done. So maybe they might try and chip away that contract in 2024 and bring it down so he can stay another year or two in the 2026, for example. But at the end of the day, in the position that he plays, he is technically a wide receiver, but he's obviously obviously a hybrid. He's going to be getting towards 30-31 at the end of his contract. So you would argue that potentially is there better value out there? And that's the crap thing about this game because you, you look at him, I'm sure we're going to talk... Um, about certain players in a minute, but there are certain positions where there isn't a real longevity. I think at the quarterback position there is, if you're good enough, but for Debo, he has to keep up that speed. He has to keep up that, keep up that dynamic play. Um, I would say it really depends on the Niners. The Niners have got a number of free agents. We don't know. We're presuming it's going to be Brock Purdy or Trey Lance, a quarterback. It will be. Let's see what happens, but they're still really, really damn good. So I'm going to say I agree. If they don't have a good start to next season, I agree. But if he has a good season, then we'll see what happens. But they've certainly got serious, serious stats on the offense. You, when... you agree to an extent, basically. It depends. Like, I, I think... Yeah. I think the Niners are going to challenge for the NFC next year. And this is where, I mean, we're talking in March, like, like we're, we're a yeah. long way off here. So yeah. I think if you've got a, if you've got D would have clearly is bought into San Francisco and bought into Lynch and Shanahan, Shanahan's philosophy, then he'll want to stay there long term. Who's number two on the list? Number two is Chandler Jones, defensive end Raiders. Yeah. I put him on the list because, you know, we all kind of looked at him in Arizona and we're kind of like, he's a beast. Imagine pairing him with someone, another top defensive end like Miles Garrett or something like that. And the Raiders went in and gave him a three-year contract, 51 million. And, you know, like he had some good seasons at Arizona and so I think the Raiders kind of thought we're going to have two guys. We're going to have Max Crosby. We're going to have Chandler Jones. You know, this this is the recipe for, you know, one of the scariest defenses in the league. I wouldn't want to go up against either of those guys, considering they have been consistent, you know, in the last few years. Um, but then you kind of just look at his debut as a Raiders, and it was just very disappointing. And I don't... I'm kind of, can you contribute that a little bit to, like, I don't think the Raiders head coach is the answer. I think we we talked about this, you know, I don't think he's a good head coach. Their car is gone. There's always a little bit of a mess with that organization. So it, it definitely could be something to do with that, you know, why he didn't ball out in a sense last season. But you only had four and a half sacks and it's just kind of like, you're looking at a guy you're giving a $51 million contract to, and then also Max Crosby, who has a big, big contract. And it's kind of like, do we want to pay, pay these two guys, especially if one of them is going to... Now, in fairness, I don't think, like, you know, he has an off year. People can have off years. You know what I'm saying? I, it's not a reason to be caught. It's not a reason to be traded. But if it continues and they're not making an impact in the team, what is the point of giving them that big of a contract especially if they're not near where they used to be in terms of the numbers they're getting for sacks and you know especially if you have Max Crosby there and you look at a team like the Eagles and all their guys they have on defense like I think they broke the sack record this year and loads of different guys were getting you know their sacks like they all had like high numbers of sacks along across the board you know a lot of guys were getting sacks who usually probably you know wouldn't get a lot so it's kind of like it is possible to have 
like two defensive players that can like have at least 10 sacks each a season but for Max to get it and not Chandler like uh, like I said I can write it off as a one-off a year you know he's in a new city he's in a new city he's in a new team a new structure new defense you know Vegas can also be a little bit a little bit of a mess at times but I think definitely you know next year if he if he doesn't if he doesn't improve and up his numbers I definitely think Vegas can look at him and be like cut him save the cap room you know I think he's getting up there in age as well so you know I wouldn't say there'd be a lot of trade value there I don't would someone trade for him no they'd probably just wait for him to get cut so I think if he doesn't you know get a decent number of sacks start playing scary Shander Jones what have we seen that he can do before in Arizona then I think he gets cut by the Raiders yeah, it was. I think for me, it was. It was really a disappointing year for a number of players, um, on both sides of the ball in Vegas. And I think obviously we've we've talked about this, and we, we will most likely talk about it at length uh, whenever we go into talking about different teams one by one post draft. Um, the Raiders are in a they're in a strange situation where they don't have a quarterback at the minute. They've forced Derek Carr out of, the, out of the organization, and it's good that we're talking now because obviously Carr is away to New Orleans. It's a fresh start for him. Um, Shannon Jones is in a division with the Chiefs, the Broncos, and the Chargers. Three teams that are, you know, honestly, like obviously the Chiefs are the champions. Chargers have a, have a real, um, a real monkey in their back, and the Broncos are trying to improve. And the Broncos' offense should be better next year. So you're looking at six different games there, and then outside of that, eleven games where Jones needs to improve. There was that game, I think it was against the Chargers, in like week. It was like week eleven or week twelve of the season where he had a really really good performance, but outside of that, yeah, you're right. Like he didn't, he didn't really light the world up. And I guess age can be a factor. He's currently like thirty three or thirty four years of age. So if you're looking next year, they could potentially save around twelve or thirteen million dollars before the the trade deadline in twenty twenty four, which is in June, or around seventeen or eighteen million dollars the year after. But the, the Raiders won't even be looking at that this year. Jones will be focused fully on his performance. Um. It's too early to say how we think the Raiders are going to play. Like I just don't know, you know, because if the quarterback situation isn't sorted out, then they're not going to like their defense is going to be on the field a lot if the quarterback can't keep the ball. So I really don't know. It's it's one of those things. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to hear what happens outside of the facility whenever training camp starts in June, July time, and just the the real not fallout, but the real sort of consequences of them leaving Derek Carr out of the organization. And this is McDaniel's team now, so we, we will see what happens. Um, it's a real coin flip one, but I, I agree. He's definitely in the hot seat, so fair, fair play on that one, 100%. Um, he, has to, he has to make a massive, massive statement this season. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about it. The next one's interesting. I, I'm I'm interested to have a quick conversation with this guy. Go for it. I, I don't like giving this guy airtime. I don't like talking about him. I think he shouldn't be in the league um it is Deshaun Watson and I know he was suspended for you know those games last season for you know the sexual assault accusations and stuff like that and he's been dealing with them the last couple of years but and he came in and he only got to play a few games I know he hasn't been playing for a couple of years because he wanted to leave the Texans so he held out and stuff like that but to me Deshaun Watson is a player that no matter how good he plays, he is always going to be on the hot seat. I don't think, you know, the stuff that, you know, came out about him or that could potentially be true. We're not sure, you know, he hasn't been charged for anything, but, you know, he's always going to be the someone that's on the hot seat, you know, all the, the media attention, all kind of, you know, 
people saying he shouldn't be in the league. You know, I'm one of those people that like can't support the Browns anymore for their decision to bring him in. I had to switch teams. And, you know, as a sports fan, you don't want to switch teams. Luckily, I don't even support them a few years. But if something like happened at that at Liverpool, it, it'd be devastating. You know, it, it'd be hard to cut ties with a team. So I was pretty upset that I had to had to change teams from from the Browns. But I think not only that, he's 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 going to be on the hot seat because he's also been given the highest guaranteed contract in history at 230 million fully guaranteed. It's never happened before. It's unprecedented. It's a bit desperate from the Browns to do that on a guy that has so much trouble kind of surrounding him. And, you know, what hasn't really kind of, I know he's a good player and he has good stats and stuff like that, but where has he gone in the playoffs? in a sense you know like he's never Houston then had like a terrible season I think his last season he played with them so it's kind of like why would you put all your eggs in his basket fair enough you wanted to move on from Baker Mayfield but there was a lot of quarterbacks you could have went for you could have went for Russell Wilson you could go for any like another veteran guy but to reset the quarterback market and we see that now we see Lamar Jackson kind of like well if Deshaun Watson gets 230 million he hasn't played in like what like two years he's he brings trouble with him you, you know why can't I get that same money or why can't I get a lot more guaranteed and you know I just I think for me he's always going to be on the hot seat but I think what did he have this year in the, in the six games he played was the six games he had seven touchdowns five interceptions a little over a thousand yards not really the hot, you know, kind of exciting quarterback the Browns expected. Like I said, he, I know he didn't play for a while and stuff like that. And he obviously had the suspension, but you still want the guy you're giving the biggest guaranteed contract to in NFL history to come up and like prove that he's the answer, not start off kind of like, you want him to start basically it's funny enough compared you wanted him to start off like Brock Purdy kind of in a sense like when Brock Purdy came in you wanted Deshaun obviously to be doing better than that you know because Brock is a rookie and you know Deshaun has been in the league a good few years but like I like I think he's always going to be in the hot seat Michael I don't think he's ever going to escape it this is the one one I don't agree with you on uh only because and yeah we can get into the whole discussion I said of football I didn't agree with it at the time I actually refrained from speaking about it because I didn't think that I was in that position to do so. Um, I'm just talking about this from the football standard, football viewpoint, point of view. I don't see, for me, he's on the hot seat football-wise, and this is the only comment, like, in terms of football-wise, I don't see that he's on the hot seat because of the money situation he has. I have to give it to his representatives. How he got that contract is superb financially for him and for the team. That's why, he's, for me, he's not in the hot seat for the next two and a half to three years he is going to be the quarterback of the organization um and there are two different elements here the first one is when he came back into the preseason in 2022 when he was allowed to play a little bit and then he was gone for the 11 or 12 games uh he really showed signs of rustiness and that was the big that, that's the big issue for me and um, if this is a guy that was sitting with one or two years left in his daily 100 he's on the hot seat but i think he's got a whole off season now to go to go train you know when I say train, I, I mean get a feel at the back of your house and you do everything apart from wear pads and you get as many players over to your house as possible and play for the next six to seven months and be ready to go week one. I think he's the one guy that will have a, a big impact this season based upon the fact that we haven't seen him properly in two years. I'm not going to count the, the final six games of the season for me. He had one interception 
I think, uh, or one fumble. I, can't, I haven't got it written, written beside me. He didn't have a bad end of the season in terms of his standards. So I, I'm football wise, I'm interested to see what he can do because that season, his last season, his last full season in Houston, you know, was incredible for him. It was great to watch as, as a neutral. Um, I'm not going to discuss it on football side of it. In terms of football sides, for me, he's not in the hot seat. But I understand why you have that viewpoint. And of course, yeah, there's always going to be questions asked of him. If he was to take the Browns deep next season, numerous different I, conversations will be opened up. I don't think the Browns make the playoffs next season. And I think people are going to look at Deshaun Watson and be like, you can't even bring the Browns. Because the Browns aren't a bad team. Like, I support them, you know. I think Miles the Browns Garrett, will definitely get the playoffs next year. I genuinely no, think they will. I think they win the No, division. I genuinely don't think they're, they're just a mess up of an organization at this stage. I, I think they, the people, I used to get annoyed when people said that the Browns are the Browns, but I think the Browns are literally the Browns. And I get that you, you obviously looking from a football standpoint, probably Deshaun is one of the, the best in the league, but like, you know, like I, like I can't look at, I can't only look at the football thing. So for me, he's, he's always going to have to play really well an MVP type level to even, you know, be worth it to, to the Browns probably. But um, it's in, yeah, it's just the interesting one that I'm like, yeah, hot seat. And you're like, I'll give him one or two years. I, don't like just for the course of this podcast. I, of course, folks, I don't just look at the football thing, it's it's obvious that there's serious issues there outside of the football. I, I think the Browns are in for a good year next year, and that's why I just don't think he's gonna be in a hot state. However, I'm really intrigued at this conversation. Who's next? Go for it. Who's next? Let me have a look at our lovely list quarterback, Tua. 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 Go for Tua. it. Tua. Um. I feel I almost feel bad putting Tua on this list because the guy had such a kind of a not a shaky year. He was having a good year, but I just feel bad putting him on the list because people are like, "What did he have? Like two concussions last year?" And you're putting him on the hot seat list. You're your soul list. So it's kind of that. That's part of the reason why I'm putting him on the hot the hot on my hot seat because. Okay, first of all, we he was taken fifth in his draft. Okay, he was taken after Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow went first, and then we all know who was drafted after Tua was Justin Herbert. And Justin Herbert made his impact day one of this in this league. Justin Herbert is a bona fide star, and he's one of the future quarterbacks of the NFL. And Tua, no, I, I didn't judge him for his his first year you know like like Trevor Lawrence didn't have a first year rider and I'm still like on that Trevor Lawrence train but it's kind of like he's what is he in he's in his third year now okay his second year again wasn't good I know there was a lot of mess with the the head coach situation and stuff like that but for a lot of well-established analysts and pundits um to kind of be questioning to us you know should he be the quarterback of the Dolphins? You know, even some people saying the Dolphins could use him in a trade for Deshaun Watson because, you know, they're getting a decent quarterback and, you know, they'd probably get a couple of draft picks as well. Um, For me, it's, it's kind of, it's the inconsistency as well. I think if he, if he had that MVP caliber season for the whole season, he'd be fine. He definitely would not be in the hot seat. You know, he was literally probably would have been the MVP after Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts if he hadn't just kind of kind of he just kind of fell off to, towards the end of the season and then kind of you know he goes out and he plays against Brock Purdy who's a rookie Mr. Irrelevant you know it was a Cinderella story for Brock Purdy and he comes out and beats 
Tua. Like I know the 49ers overall are a better team than the Dolphins, but you know, quarterback is the most, they say quarterback is the most important position in sports, you know? So they, a team always has to have a good quarterback. And for the fact for a rookie last round pick to be, you know, Tua who kind of was, was having his MVP like season. And then he's also in a little bit of the hot seat for me because because of his health as well. And I'm not saying that he's injury prone. I'd never say that. You know, the guy has just been unlucky with concussions. The concussions are not his fault. But I'm kind of like, you have to kind of put the guy's health first. You know, like if he goes into next season, he gets another hand injury or another concussion. You know, he surely cannot play anymore because what did they say? Three concussions and that's it, like type thing. Like he has to kind of look at his health. So the only reason he's on my hot seat, I'm, is because again the inconsistent play, you know, who you know the 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 type of players that were drafted before and after him have done a lot better in the league. They've looked a lot more comfortable. And then obviously his health plays a huge, huge factor of just, you know, he, he has to really protect himself and he has to protect that head. And he, he you know he can't play in the league if he if you know if he damages himself. So that that's why he's on my hot seat, but I feel bad even putting him there. I can see why you put them on it. Like, I mean, there's, there's many Dolphins fans that have, to be fair. I think the biggest thing comes down to, I wouldn't even, like, I, I can see the comparison with Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, and the discussions about Brock Purdy. But for me, it's just, it's simple. It's concussions. I mean, that, that, that that's the biggest thing for me. And it's also injuries. But then you have to argue that's not just to his fault. It's the protection that he was getting around the pocket. Can the Dolphins improve on that? Um, look at the first few weeks of the season. That game in Baltimore was sensational. Um, and the Dolphins offense on this day is, on fire, it's one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league in the early weeks of last season. But the game is not played over the course of four to five to six to seven weeks at the start of the season. It's played over a 17, 18 week span in the regular season with a postseason run as well. So, um, you know, can I sit here now and say that I think Tua will be able to play every game next season? No, I don't. And I think that's an issue. And I think the Dolphins will have to look at that. And I'm not saying like have a battling camp between Teddy and Tua. I think they'll just have to have a plan B in place. But I think we're either looking at the final season of Tua in Miami because of this, in terms of injuries, or he could die. To, he 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 could shut us all up. I I would also argue that that McDaniel, if he has a poor start to the season, will be in the hot seat as well. But I think that again is a discussion, highly in detail for a Dolphins podcast. Let's talk about this last person. This this is an interesting one. Go for it. I think everyone will probably agree of all of these players that this guy is definitely the makes the most sense. People are probably looking at me like, Michaela, okay, Chandler Jones makes sense. Debo and, you know, Deshaun, probably not. But yeah, I'm putting Ryan Tannehill on the hot seat and I'd be shocked if you don't agree with me. I will be shocked. Um, Obviously, you know, the Titans are very run-heavy, you know, offense kind of, but you know, Ryan Tannehill's definitely had seasons where he's just balled out. I think back in, was it, what year was it, Michael? Was it 2020? Yeah, far cry yeah. from his 2020 season. You know, he had 33 touchdowns, I think only six interceptions. You know, comeback player of the year in 2019. You know, people were like, okay, he wasn't good in Miami. He's doing he's doing good in, in Tennessee. They have a quarterback now, good for Ryan, stuff like that. And then the last two seasons, it's just... Tennessee been so, you know, disappointing and they're not in a very hard division either. It's definitely a division that they could be 
winning every year easily kind of, well definitely the last few years they could have definitely been winning it a lot um very easily and it's just kind of like I don't know what's happened you know of the you know they obviously shipped AJ Brown off to the Eagles which I'm very happy about obviously they wouldn't pay him they thought there was better value in the draft um but yeah like Tannehill's definitely on the hot seat because it's kind of like all right you had two mediocre seasons um you know you can like what did he have you only had 13 touchdowns and six interceptions this season I don't care if maybe the year before I think I think the, like certainly this season the, the year before last was here Derek here AJ here's the ball go off and do whatever you want I mean they still won it what they got we're the, we're the number one seed in the AFC the year before so like exactly yeah so I like, yeah, I, I think like, like this year was shocking like 100%. Yeah, it, it definitely like it was like I don't care if you like like I know they had AJ Brown they kind of had like a good mix of throwing and running and they're obviously going to run the ball they have Derrick Henry who's one of the best running backs in the league. But I don't care if you're a run heavy offense which they probably were a little bit more reliant on this year because obviously they shipped AJ Brown AJ Brown out and they had a rookie at wide receiver and stuff like that. But if if you're a run heavy offense, I still want my quarterback getting at least like twenty touchdowns a, like a season. And the fact that Nini is thirteen kind of showed that they did miss AJ Brown. Like I don't think it was all his fault. You know, I definitely didn't think he had the weapons to throw to. But one thing is definitely for sure: if the Titans don't bounce back this season, make a deep playoff run, either Vrabel or Tannehill will be out, and my money's on Tannehill. Um, the this this is an interesting one. I I, I don't have Tannehill being there at, at the end of the year in terms of the end of the twenty twenty three season because I think Malik, it's Malik Wells' time in Tennessee. Regardless if Tannehill balls out, if Tannehill balls out this year, if he even starts this year, um, there could be a situation where yeah, it gets more value. But you're looking at a thirty five year old guy coming into the league and going to a certain team. I think his window is closing. I think Tennessee realized that. I think Vrabel and the GM realized that as well. And you know. We're sitting here, and I agree, Tannehill's definitely in the hot seat. I would say Mike Vrabel's in the hot seat, but probably not as much because he's a great head coach and he should be there for a long time. And The team that they had in 2019 was superb. The team they had in 2020 was good to the point where, frankly, they should have went a lot deeper than they did. Um, Really liked that Titans team that got to the number one seed in the AFC, and I thought they would prove a lot of people wrong and go towards the Super Bowl that year, and it didn't happen. They now are in a bit of a flux um, with what do they do with Tannehill. I think you can look at Derrick Henry, and you can look at him trading away AJ Brown. I mean, it's not as if Ryan Tannehill was sitting saying trade him. Like he has to work with what he has, and it, it hasn't been a great year across the board for the Titans, and they have to obviously regroup now. But certainly, I think we're coming to the end of of Tannehill in Tennessee, and um, and we're we're recording this in March, so no one are looks something will happen. But you know, if the trade market value does open up, and there is a, a let's say there's a second rounder, a second and third rounder next year or the year after, I think Tannehill goes. Um. And I think it, this could be Malik Willis's time. That being said, I do believe a more common situation of having Tannehill start in week one and allowing him to have the team for the season with then training or having Malik, sorry, having Malik Willis in the background for 2024 is a better option personally. But uh, time will tell. I've enjoyed this hot seat podcast, Michaela. Um, which person, just while we finish off, which person do you think is at the most risk there? I would say... Bah, 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 probably... Probably Sean or Jones. I'd mm, who's at most risk there? 
I think Chandler or Tua. I think Tua has another mediocre season. Again, his health obviously has to be put before the guy. He's either, you know, going to... If if he's still playing, I think he'll be cut. Or I don't think he'll be cut. They definitely won't pick up his fifth year option. He'll probably be traded out, or you know, they won't re-sign him. Um, I yeah, but it's definitely El Valdo. It's definitely Chandler Jones. You can follow us, folks, at all social media platforms at NFL Ireland. Uh, check out the PFI Pro Football Ireland Podcast Network, and we'll chat to you again soon. Thanks so much for time. Thanks.